It's, it's block time. This is Michael Tidwell. And this is Michael B. Casey. And today we're joined by Charlie Shroom and Anthony D. You better pronounce it right. Oh, I'm, I'm scared to say it now. Diorio. 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 All right. And it's not an L. Guys, this is, we usually don't interview two people at once that aren't necessarily on the same project or whatever, but I think we're, we're, on, the doing we're on the same project. Okay. Uh, I'll yeah. see. It shows you how much I know about y'all. Okay. You're going to learn. All right. Well, go over. Uh, how about. Introduce yourselves briefly, a couple minutes, and then talk about what y'all are doing. My name is Charlie Shrem. Um, I got I think involved. I think I've heard of you. Yeah, some people He's have heard godfather. of me. They tell me crypto, that, that weird Bitcoin thing back in the day. Uh, bought some, some Bitcoin, got some Bitcoins. I started a Bitcoin company. Uh, that worked out really good at first. And I got a little messy. Uh, and then I started the Bitcoin Foundation, which was awesome at first. Like That got a little messy. And then uh, did some other things, which are awesome. Uh, spent a year on sabbatical up in uh, a federal uh, uh, institution, which uh, was messy. And uh, I heard, I heard there's uh, that was interesting. There's like a money system there with like food or something. Yeah, yeah. so we the mackerel. There was the it was really interesting, and and I, it was it was I, purely you a invented social that. experiment. Like I never did it. You invented it. No, I didn't invent anything. I, I just mackerel coin would be him. Macrocoin. I take. I own Macrocoin.com. You got to explain what Macro is, man. <laughs> Everyone wants me to now. launch this coin. By the way, you know we want to trade it, like the heaviest traded coins. Um, yeah. So in prison, we don't have a currency system, and you have two markets, right? You have. Um, Anthony, you want to introduce yourself first? Oh no, no, no! I'm listening. Yeah, this is part of the, This is part of your introduction. Okay, so you it's have, all about like prison. So you have two. You have two markets. You had what's called. So not everything I'm about to tell you. There was no like documentation. It was called like I I observed, wrote down, and like theorized. So I, I came up with these names. Uh, they had the administration run market, the arm, and the inmate run market, which was the IRM. And then you had like some things like the IPX, which was the intra prison exchange system, which was a completely loosely uh, confederated uh, system of getting uh, stuff between prison institutions, which was unbelievable how it worked. And there was no leader or anything about that. Um, but anyways. What would happen is you'd be able to shop at commissary once every Tuesday and you'd be able to spend $300 a month at, in commissary and it was a list of things you could buy. Uh, ramen soup, uh, packets of macro fillets, uh, tuna fish packets, chicken packets, uh, crackers, you know, chips, basically anything that's shelf stable that you can eat. Shelf stable like non, uh, like things that don't, don't expire. Don't expire. Day, yeah, pretty yeah. much. But, and what would happen is you get paid from prison industry, so you'd work. You know, I worked in landscaping. I drove a snowplow, and then I get paid like I got actually paid pretty well. I got paid like seventy bucks a month, um, which was pretty good. Let's get Baller. to the mackerel. Yeah. So, what would happen is you you get money added to your account balance, but then you'd go to commissary and you'd buy stuff. But what happens if you want to buy stuff like not on your Tuesday? Or what happens if you'd want to you know like get a haircut, have a personal trainer, or you know like. Uh, bet on like a sport game or all these different things that you normally do you have money with in the real world you couldn't do because there was no like currency system so what happened in prison was people started developing uh, this whole currency system uh, called the mackerel and what would they do is all they would do is buy uh, trade mackerel with each other so packets of mackerel so a haircut would cost two macs and um, a personal trainer would cost like a mac a week or a uh, uh, you buy, you know, this guy made pizzas in the microwave, or he made like uh, cheesecakes in the microwave, which were freaking awesome. Microwave cheesecakes were great. No, it was like you're making me want to go to prison. 
Like it just like yeah, it was very and bad. Then, and then but, you had the edible max and the non-edible max. Yeah. So then what would happen is um, people started like saving these mackerel because because they were transactional currency, they became a, a store of value because people in prison are there for many years and they need some way to like you know hold on to their hold on to their money. And um, the problem is mackerels expire. Yeah. They don't stay you know uh, edible for more than three years. But I noticed what actually developed in there was a secondary currency called money max and these these were expired mackerels that people just maintained as a transactional currency and the value would be like one mac would cost like a dollar fifty but uh, a money mac was about like 75 cents to a dollar because you couldn't eat them because you couldn't eat them so they had lower value but the value was that they were a transactional currency so tell us about the hard fork of the mackerel uh empire when someone hard forked and brought in too much uh mackerel or something yeah, so it was like a hyperinflation. What had happened was the hacker. How did he, he found a a way he could produce? He can mine more mackerel. We never we never figured out like what exactly happened, like where they came from. But essentially, you know, you have to understand there's a limited supply of mackerel in prison. You have a very basic inflation rate: 500 inmates. Each inmate can purchase 14 mackerel a week times the amount of weeks in the year. So you have 500 times 14 times 52. There's your inflation rate. That's for eating max. Money max takes three years for a food max to become a money max. So it's even less. So it maintained like value. What had happened was someone, I think, like got shipped out or he was in prison for like 20 years and he got like this huge amount of like 1,000 money max or something. I don't know what happened, but one day in like the cafeteria area, there was this big bin of money max that were just sitting there and and no one claimed them so everyone just started taking them and everyone just got a million of these things like just i took like a whole 15 of them and then you had hyperinflation <laughs> yeah and then so i went to the guy I'm like imagining charlie like with like two so armfuls I went, I went of to the, so they had these stores where you could buy stuff from people so like someone went to the store the next night and said hey you know can i buy uh, a wrap yeah no problem that's uh you know six uh food max six six max he said, all right, well, that comes out to about 11 money max. Here you go. And he said, no, I don't accept them anymore. So it's too many. Too many. So, so one thing I don't understand about prison, because I haven't been in a long time. Um, You're in prison? Dude, it, long story, man. I, He's well, lying. Never, never been myself. I, You're not missing out. <laughs> I, so so I, was, I, wasn't a, I wasn't a good uh, crack dealer, because no one at my, at my middle school wanted to buy crack. And I never got enough money to pay back my library fine, so they actually put me in prison. So, yeah, you got to pay your library card. Uh, I have a book that I took out, Huckleberry Finn, a few years yeah. ago. I got to make sure I return that. Uh, That's bad interest. So, that, oh, well, I was going to ask your the prison that you went to. There was like some kind of community system where you could buy and sell inmates could buy and sell each other things. Yeah, so it was never like official, and and this all, obviously all like you know hypothetical for educational purposes. But what had happened was that I observed was uh, there existed like stores and they were called like Walmarts and all they were were like these people that had lockers filled up with stuff and you can buy stuff from them like anything you could buy a commissary but for like a premium price and you pay them in mackerel or if you've been around for a long time you actually were in the credit markets so you can build up a credit line and every week you pay him back by going to commissary yourself and he'd give you a list of things that he'd wanted you to buy for him 
and there was like lending, and there was a whole like market system in there. So what was the was the is the market was it all individuals or did did uh, uh, companies develop with organizations? So officially, no companies develop, but I can't imagine that some of these guys didn't have like backers or investors or like cash flow. Uh, so did it's you crazy. like did you join like the Jewish Brotherhood to like not be someone's bitch or no, like how, how, there's, so no, how, there's no like bitches or anything in there. It's it's like Char a, Charlie gets along with everybody. I get along with everyone. <laughs> I was running that place, yo. <laughs> you don't want to mess with the Shreminator. Um, Shrem life. A uh, real quick finish on your intro because uh, let's jump to Anthony. Yeah. Oh, let's just jump to Anthony. Okay. Now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we already got the interesting part. <laughs> Anthony, how am I going to compete with Prison Talk? <laughs> I'm not sure. Talk, but, uh, I, I really don't know anything about you. Please let me know how cool you are. Okay, um, I got into Bitcoin in 2012, uh, decided to, to invest quite a bit then, uh, it was something that made sense to me right away. I was uh, on a, uh, I was learning from my brother who had gone through a bit of a phase, a rebellious phase with, with the government and with certain things like driving without a license kind of thing, and I was trying to understand where he was coming from. Really? Because he was, yeah, he was really, um, like... Like he just basically he was used to be a, a, a politician, so he just rebelled. He yeah he just he started he started I think going into into really on the internet really deep, you know, really? watching the videos and and realizing what money really was and I and I didn't understand what he was going through, but I just saw that you know and he couldn't explain it to me really well. He's like you got you got to see this you got so I started really digging in about and learning what money was, and from his experience I learned like it opened my eyes to really. The, the, the debt-based system that we all live by and that really awoke me to personal freedom and liberty and I started listening to Peter Schiff economist okay. you know contrarian predicted the housing crisis and the and the the uh, the banking collapse and all that and basically his morals were I'm mean, was about limited government and freedom from there I looked for other podcasts and I came across free talk live Free Talk Live, it's a uh, radio show on 160 radio stations across the states, all about freedom. The largest freedom. libertarian radio station in the world, right? Yeah, it's massively syndicated, seven days a week, 365 days a year, three-hour show. And it's basically an open call-in show for people to call and talk whatever, whatever they want. But they're very liberty-focused, and everything they do is about, is about it's freedom-oriented. And they, and, they, and they debate, and they, 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 on a lot of their stations, which are left-white paradigm stations, they get a lot of call-ins because it's a free open show, and they... And they just, they, they take on anything. And from there, the first show that I listened to mentioned Bitcoin. So this was back in 2012. And that show is responsible for people such as myself, him, Roger, Roger Ver, yeah. Eric Voorhees, listen, hearing about Bitcoin. Ira gave, like, it's so It just literally was a, a hub because they had met with Gavin that. Andreessen. So they were probably talking about it back in 2010. Oh, 20, 2011, yeah. they were handing out Casatius coins. Free even, Handing yeah, them like out just... back in the day. And they had a, they got into it because of Gavin Andreessen. Gavin Andreessen sat him down for dinner. They're both from New Hampshire. And said, at lunch, said, you guys got to look into Bitcoin. Yeah. And they, they dismissed it for a while. And then when they finally understood it, it meshed exactly with their libertarian focus. And that's really what's opened the doors for a lot of us people in the space to hear about Bitcoin. So that's when I first heard Bitcoin, jumped in, set up the Toronto Bitcoin meetup group a month later to become a hub, to become a focal, uh, like, a, like a center of gravity in I'm Toronto. I'm sorry, where, you, you're, you're Canadian. I'm Canadian. I'm from okay. Toronto. I didn't know that. You don't have a yeah, Canadian accent. Canadian. Oh, I do. I'm yeah. surprised you haven't heard it yet. Yeah. But you I didn't know it? 
Uh, most, most people do, eh? I was looking for yeah. his, so his we, you know. We actually to, operate a yeah. meetup group here in Atlanta. That's, that's where you, you want to become that hub because you start thinking, well, what can I do in this space? I'm really into it. What can I do? And when you become that center of gravity and you host the events, you start attracting yeah. and seeing the yeah. people and you start formulating, okay, I want to get it. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I've always been an entrepreneur and I've always been in technology. So I'm like, okay, everybody starts thinking, what can I do in this space? I, I'm really into it. What do I do? Yeah, talk about, besides the meetup group, talk about everything except what you're doing with Charlie, because then we'll talk about that together. Yeah, yeah sure. So yeah. set up the Toronto Bitcoin meetup group, and then then connected with a developer through Reddit, and we said, what do we want to get into first? I'm the business person. He was the developer. We got into, into the, we created a gambling site called Satoshi Circle in 2012. Oh, I remember that. And so, so you're, Dude, you're one of the, I, totally yeah. you're, you're one of the lead developers on that project? No, I'm not a developer. I'm the business, business. guy. I'm okay. the finance guy. So, Satoshi basically, Circle. basically, we, we, we created the Satoshi Circle, modeled after Satoshi Dice, but more gra graphical game, and we started doing really well. Three months later, I decided to create a more national Canadian group called the Bitcoin Alliance of Canada. I wanted to kind of bring together all of Canada. Now that I'd done the Toronto thing, I wanted to bring together all of Canada. So I didn't want to be involved in the gambling sector, so I sold that right before Bitcoin took off, and I sold it for all Bitcoin. Oh, nice. So between my <laughs> initial investment been, uh... and that... I funded Ethereum. Wow. So, wow. so You've done you well. literally like You've people don't realize well. that. <laughs> yes, it's a it's the developers that write a lot of the, the code. But these developers, you know, need to get paid. They need to eat. They yeah, need to have their, is, their, their living costs paid for. True. If it wasn't for Anthony and some others, like Ethereum would have never even existed. Vitalik was at the first meetup I did in 2012. That's how I met him. Uh, wow. Peter Todd was at the first cool. meetup I did. So, who else funded Ethereum besides you? And you're, we're talking me? about Ethereum Foundation, right? In the, in the development of Ethereum. Ethereum. I'm talking like about that, from scratch. The whole so, thing. So, okay. this, so this what was, happened was in 2000. 2000 so, so, so here, I'll, I'll go this yeah. story. So 2000, 2013, I sold Satoshi Circle. Then became executive director of the Bitcoin Alliance of Canada, which was a decentralized... It, it was never. It wasn't like done like the foundation where we just we we decided yeah. who the who the board was and, <laughs> and said we're the board. All right, guys, who's we, the board? Me. We, we did All an right. election process that was decent. Anyways, and then ideas and, and people just started, you know, connecting and, and Bitcoin started taking off and and I, I opened up a place called Decentral in Toronto. So well, at that time, it? pardon me. What was it? Uh, Decentral was it, it's it still exists. It's it's, a, it's basically a hub in Toronto. We opened the world's second Bitcoin ATM. Basically, meetups every week. It was literally a co-working space. Everything just around decentralized tech. But from the gambling site, I got into the wallet space. Okay, and we started creating wallets that basically people could be in full, full control of their keys. We don't hold on to people's money. It was called CryptoKit. Uh, yeah. Now, now it's called familiar. now it's called Jax. So we've switched over yeah. to Jax. Rush Wallet too, Rush right? Rush Wallet as well. Ethereumwallet.com. So we're in the wallet space, and. Jack's then I awesome see the white. I, it is. I, I get the white paper from Vitalik in November of 2013. Yellow or white? The white paper. Okay. The, the yellow paper was Gavin. He uh. kind of came out later on. I've gotten way back in the day. Okay. And then I dropped CryptoKit and we launched Ethereum. Myself, Amir Chetrit, Miai Alize, <coughs> Charles Hoskinson were the initial five. And then we brought on Joseph Lubin, uh, Gavin Wood, and Jeffrey Wilkie. So the, found, the funders were myself and, and Joseph, uh, 98% until the crowd sale wow. and it came out of Decentral so my team were the initial lawyers accountants and stuff for Ethereum and then we decided to set things up in Switzerland so we had two hubs going 
and then in, in Germany and all these other places. But that's where it basically came out of because Vitalik's from Toronto, and that's it came out of Decentra Reliefs. Yeah, he is. And and then so 2015, uh, we do the crowd sale. Um, I left the project in early two thousand. Sorry, 2014 we did the crowd sale. 2015, early I left the product to, to pursue more more uh, profit ventures because we turned into a foundation with Ethereum. And then Jax is my my main thing right now. Last year I was the chief digital officer of the Toronto Stock Exchange. They hired me as part time basis to try to lead a transformation through the exchange because we've really been doing learning experience, a lot no? of consulting stuff. Oh, yeah. it was it was getting into the weeds and really learning how these. These types types of organizations operate and run, so you can kind of learn from it. Consulted for a number of banks, consulted for a number of different companies, like like Charlie's done, and now my focus is on Jax and providing a way for people to be in control of their digital lives. Okay, so what are y'all doing together? What, what's your venture that you're doing? So uh, Anthony and I have known each other for many years, and uh, it's good that we can finally work together now. But um, so I launched uh, actually tonight is our token sale on MainStreet.ky. And what we're doing is uh, we have a private equity fund that's buying U.S.-based businesses, non-startups, uh, companies in the United States that are been around for a while, 20-something 20, 20 years, profitable, doing business, sanitary waste business, manufacturing, things like that. And then we're, we're buying the full companies, securitizing a token. So we launched a, an ERC-20 token on Ethereum called the, the MIT, the Main Street Investment Token. And the token actually uh, represents a securities right uh, in shares in these companies. So it's a, it's the first, as I know, it's the first securitized asset built on Ethereum. And so United States residents are actually completely banned from buying these tokens. These, this is we, We've created a product for the international market. We're trying to provide a use case. Because for a long time, people have been trying to figure out what are like some of the killer apps of smart contracts, Bitcoin, Ethereum. What can we do with this stuff? And being able to have companies, not large companies like Facebook, Google's, but smaller mom and pop companies, land developers, houses even, be able to do crowdfunding, be able to take your company public. And using blockchain tech to do that is something that I think is gonna be amazing. And to be able to like, you know, trade share here, I have a token of Main Street and I'm selling you a token, I'll trade you a token of Main Street for a token of Something else in yeah, Russia. The tokens represent the shares, and you get dividend payouts. Dividend to, payouts on the blockchain. Tokens. Cool. What do you get dividends payouts in? Uh, Ethereum. Ether. Ether. Ethereum. Yeah. I, so, so uh, I, I talked to you on Telegram. I saw you in the Coin Dojo, and, yeah. and I'm sure you know Jason Siebert. Siebert. Yeah. Were you ever able to interview with him and talk to him about the legality well, of of what you're doing yeah. with Jason and all and that? And what was the conclusion? Of obviously, that? I I can't get on a get on a show with him. Because his job is to incite emotion and to not actually have like real. He's a troll. Right? He's a nice guy, but his he tells it straight out. He wants to incite emotion. He wants to go and get high Reddit posts and things like that. And he's a very nice guy. So I'm happy to talk to you. I'm happy to is talk Jason to others. Jason, the lawyer that was the, yeah, he, from he, Trendin? Pirate Forty. Yeah. I, I okay. I saw. I met him so in like, Argentina. I spoke I'm like, to him a lot, on, man. And yeah. I actually, I actually got along. He's a nice well. guy. He invited Trendin. And, and just know that no, I, 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 I'm, I'm an advisor on the project, so I'm not, a, not. To, he invited <laughs> us. He invited me on his boat in uh, California, in Houston. He's a really nice guy, but I, I need to have a legitimate forum with him. But uh, Jason actually released his own video, and you can see it on our website, talking about these things. But I think um, the issue is is that Jason fundamentally doesn't understand what we're doing, and he had a lot of like facts wrong, so it didn't really make sense. Just curious, uh, 
what were some of his concerns that just didn't well, even so make he's, sense? He's kind of like a double-edged sword. He's like, yeah, you need to, to say the name of the company, and you need to show, like, profits, and you need to say, like, what, how much, you need to guarantee well, how much. you're not selling to U.S. That's what I'm saying. Well, you're not selling to U.S. Everything, his whole argument was based on the SEC, and his whole argument was based on the U.S. government. But he doesn't realize that it's not the token itself that's the security. The token itself is just beneficial interest. The security part itself is when you actually register with us and say, hey, I own 10 tokens. This is my address. I'm registering my securities rights, and I want to get distributions. That's when it comes out. All he needed to do, if he actually cared to have like a real discussion, was contact me and say, hey, Charlie, I want to understand this a little better. Can we have a chat? But he went to Chris DeRose route. I like how you said he was the Chris DeRose bro. I love that. I like Chris. Chris is a great guy too. I was talking with Tone a few days ago. Tone is a nice guy. I know Tone my whole life. Not my whole life. You know the show that he's doing now? Crypto Scam. So I spoke for him for two hours about Ethereum. And Jason is going to be the person speaking with Tone about the whole Ethereum. They're doing a three a three show thing. Tone's doing on, on Ethereum. Oh, oh, and Jason's wow. going to be the uh, the person that's going to be chatting with him about it. So that should be interesting because they they've always had a, a thing about the, the whole legal things with Ethereum back in Which the day. Which Jason? Siebert? Yeah, he's talking to Tone. He's going to be the guy that's that's going to be co-hosting that show. Oh, wait, they, what does Jason know about Ethereum? <laughs> it's the whole point of. Oh, wait, everyone's an expert on Ethereum. Wait, what do you so, mean? so basically, like. You know, can can you say what what Tone said to you about his show? Like, oh yeah, his show is is basically it's it's a, uh, you know, I like I, I like Tone. I think he's great, but the show is is, is going to be a a. It's him rambling and saying well, whatever he no, wants. No, it's him. You know what? In all fairness to him, he's I like Tone a lot. He's very he, smart. He he's doing a show that's taking a one sided approach to validate his thinking on certain things. And he said he's honest he's, about that. He's honest he's about front. it. He's he honest, and he that's says, fine. Listen, and if, if you want to do your show, do your own show. Then do another show. But I find he, he's he's he, he he does sometimes do a good job of playing the, you know he he he's pushing himself too to actually make he sure wants he to be a branding. He wants to be a brand. He wants you know, to be. A but Chris I also Rose. think that he's doing it in, in an okay. He's doing it in a fine way where he's actually saying, "This is why I don't. I want to make sure my understanding of this is good." And it's it, they haven't been as bad the shows that I that I've seen okay. so far. They, the, they've been the all right. And, and, and I, and I helped them out. I gave them all the information I could. But Ethereum. The issue is with a lot of these shows is they base their arguments on facts that are wrong. So unless you like speak to the people beforehand or have them on the show, it's like when when Tone wrote his whole article about Steam, just numbers wise, he's like, well, the Steam inflation rate is a thousand percent. That was wrong. He said the Steam power down period is two years. That was wrong. So even well, taking the whole his argument, point is that he doesn't have time to research it. If you don't fine, give him the information, fine. then he doesn't know it, and oh. he's gonna. He's gonna but anyway, <laughs> but that is not talking about. Yeah, we're gonna talk about Chris is awesome. Chris is such a nice guy. What Jordan I've learned, the biggest guy. lesson I've learned is don't don't feed the trolls. Don't there's feed the trolls. So, there's nothing you can do about Segway it. Segway here. I notice you guys are both reading, wearing pinky rings. Thank you, Ringo. That is that is boss. You guys are pimp. So is that also what is that? Sapphires. Nice. Is there? Is I mean, I see, I see Charlie with the Bitcoin pinky ring. Yeah, Do you yeah. have a logo on yours? No, mine was basically. I got my, I got my, my wife a, uh, a nice sapphire ring for Christmas, and I found one that I like, which only fit on my pinky. It's from, nice it's from the eighties. Nice. Oh, so you and, bought uh, it like already 
someone wore it. It's like it's like antique or whatever. Yeah, so that's your wife's old ring. And pardon me. That's your wife's old ring. Fits your pinky. No, no, she got oh. one as well. Oh. And I got a matching like also oh, a matching cool. one that is like it's cool. So uh, yeah. So what I want to talk about first off before we go further because I want to talk about the Ethereum uh, hard fork. Or sorry, the the I mean, theory. I, I got a lot to say about that. What, but first, huh. what I want to talk about because this is always we're very interesting. We're ETC. Yeah, we're going back. We're unforking. <laughs> yeah. Well, Deep fork. Deep fork. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what I want to talk about first is what's your definition of a blockchain, and I, everyone has a different definition, and uh, I just want to hear your, your different no, opinions, and hopefully, y'all have different definitions. You, you actually, gotta keep it. Can I answer first? You yeah, go right ahead. You gotta keep it simple. A blockchain is a chain of blocks. I, okay. Do you have a different okay. definition? It's a chain of blocks that's usually associated with transactions that get built up together to form a chain. Exactly. Okay. So uh, and now this, this, this that's it. Then imagine, you can throw it, but then you can throw in different things. You can throw in the immutability. Yeah, you can throw yeah, in the consensus. There's different things. Decentralization. People, people think one's more important than the other. Well, that's what happened with the Ethereum thing was immutability yeah. versus consensus. Well, let's talk about this. Instead of the definition of a blockchain, what are the core characteristics that make a blockchain a blockchain? That, that, now, well, everyone has different opinions, different opinions on that. On yeah, that. yeah, but what are yours? For me, for me yeah. personally, sure. I believe that a blockchain needs to be immutable. That's the first thing. The number one priority for me, beyond consensus. That's the whole point of a blockchain, is that it, you have faith in the system knowing, you will use it knowing that at no point in the future anyone can go and reverse anything. Now, so, I understand the DAO. <laughs> it was $100 million. Begs the question. I understand. I was a DAO investor, by I the way. I wasn't an investor. He was. And I was willing to lose. <laughs> yeah. But, well, that's the whole thing. But that's the whole... The whole, if, if you can go back and, yeah, I have a and, follow -up and question that. hard fork yeah. for that, who's to say down the road the government will come and say, hey, we have this guy who's funneling money to the mafia. He has his Ethereum address. We need you to freeze or roll back. We'll be sure. very appreciative of you. And the Ethereum, you know, you guys did it before. You can do it again. Can, you did it before. You can do it again. I'll say, yeah, we want to help you, mafia guy. No problem. Okay, they do it. Then they find out. Wait, where was the due process? Wait, who was he mafia? Or did you say he was mafia? Yeah, no, like that, there was that's no sacrilege you know I mean? to me is, is is immutability. That's the first thing. Uh, so let me ask a question: um, Is it considered a hard fork that uh, you revert or not? See, you kind of appended at this block. It was going to be a with, withdrawal only address, right? And and that's how the the fix was done with the with the DAO. Is that it, are you still maintaining immutability when you do that? Because uh, typically with a hard fork, well, are we that? talking about? Who said that? Yeah, I don't I know. I mean, the foundation, meddled, me in my opinion, here, yeah. meddled into a situation they shouldn't have been involved in whatsoever from day one. So you were you were against the Dow hard fork? Pardon me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I was were a you, investor too. Were you against the Dow hard fork when that I, was going on? I got out and I'm sitting in a car in like rural Pennsylvania, <laughs> and I'm listening to like a podcast about it, and I'm like, oh, this is not going to end well. Here's my take on the whole thing. Okay. Was a bad cry. The foundation, I believe, in, and, and members of the foundation became the curators of something they shouldn't have, it, which got them involved into a situation which they felt they had to help out with afterwards. So basically, the DAO, any, I don't believe the foundation or the firm should be involved in any type of for-profit ventures. I don't think they should be listing companies on their websites. I think they should be providing information, making sure the protocol is sound. Okay, and providing the tools so that people can build on it, not it. getting so, in bed. So how are the winners and the losers? You so can't do anything like that. Devil's yeah. advocate here, you know. Um, I'm, so let's just say, uh, because of Ethereum's plans to eventually move to proof of stake, 
I mean, that does make it a dangerous proposition for one individual to hold so much Ethereum. When is that happening? I mean, I, I, I honestly, I haven't been following it too much. I'm, I'm, I'm spread myself around. I don't think there's. It's a smart time to pick winners and losers. I mean, in this I'm, case. I think I'm not saying they should have done it, but you know, well, I think that it's that it's, uh, that that really. The, the 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 decision to fork I think was influenced because there were too many people that had invested in the Dow, and too many people close to the foundation itself that That's were involved it in it. That really yeah they did up. tie it That's to themselves was. pretty Stephane hard. and that yeah. whole crew they were very involved. Well, in Stefan wasn't part of wasn't part of Ethereum at the time though. It was more I mean Vitalik was a curator of the Dow, and I, I just oh, don't was? think it was it was, a, yeah, it was an association. He, and on their website they listed the Dow, they listed other for-profit ventures, things like putting Coinbase in their wallet. Things like putting, you should not have those associations. So, so you're a founder of Ethereum. Are you not really involved? As oh, I haven't been involved since since 2015. Okay, that's do you well still done. hold a lot of Ethereum? A significant uh, I moved portion. Most of my Ethereum out to Bitcoin just after the DAO. Uh, but I'm actually, I'm actually wow. You, you make you a lot of smart moves. You got to let me know what you're doing. Henry's <laughs> a very smart man. Honestly, I'm, uh, I'm, I've, uh, I've, 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 I pride myself on plus 500x returns yeah, over the nice. last couple years, <laughs> and I'm actually. I'm bullish on Ethereum right now. Cool. I think that short it's been term, a good. It's right? been a, short term. No, it's been a well. It's been a, it's been a good time since there's been an issue. I'm I'm, I'm I think it's going to outperform Bitcoin over the next little while. We have, if there's an announcement of the, uh, the the consortium happening tomorrow, even though I don't agree to coin the coin market cap or sorry, uh, total market cap outperform. What do you mean? He means uh, like like a grow, uh, uh, price percentage percentage price increase. Okay. Yeah. That's why I would All say right. that. I think it's up it's up for 15 bucks right now. And it's, I think it's because it hasn't been an issue for a while. It's, it had so many issues that it just, people didn't want these issues anymore. And as soon as it goes a period without having a problem, you're going to see it so, continue to creep up. So clearly you're not a one, clearly you're not a single coin investor. Yeah, I was about to say it's Jack's wallet. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're, Jack, you're Jack's wallet. Every, every so prudent investor should die. You know, if you say I'm only long Bitcoin, fine, it's your or choice. I'm only Ethereum so, but a, this, a, a I think smart you're investor, my personally, I'm 75% Bitcoin, 25% other stuff. Okay. And these other stuff are projects that I like personally, I'm I've, involved in, you know, I help out. I've got property, like I've got crypto. Are you willing to talk about your percentages of crypto holdings? Sure. Well, yeah, well, what, what do you what, like? Yeah, yeah, what's your pile well, right look like? Right now, Bitcoin's my, my main, I'm, I'm up to about 90% oh, yeah? Bitcoin right now. Um, and then I'm split right now between I got a little bit of Dash, I got Ethereum, uh, Quantum Main Street. What well, about? Uh, well, what I well, I mean my big Zcash, my big places Monero. here are Quantum Main Street uh, Rootstock. I'm I'm gonna I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an investor in Quantum. I'm an investor with these guys and an advisor with these guys. And then I'm excited about Rootstock because it's potential to scale big projects. I find that really, and I really and like the team there. The good thing about 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 Rootstock is that you know by holding Bitcoin. You're 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 betting on the future of Rootstock. That's, that's why. And, and the it, guys it there both ways. are it so both smart. Ways. The guys are the guys. guys, the guys are, Rootstock the are a fantastic team. team. Very very smart guys. Sergio Lerner and Diego, oh my God, Diego are just phenomenal. Are, so uh, of course Rootstock is waiting on the two way pay. So I want to. I want to. Oh, go I'm ahead. Sorry, I just no, want to talk ahead. about this for a second. That's fine. Why is Rootstock such a great team? Those guys, they're Argentinian, right? I'll tell you why. You know why? Because they why. lived through the Argentinian crisis. They understand that, why. No, that's, it's so that, that's why that there's a big team emerged there, but they're so good because Sergio Lerner, his contributions to Bitcoin, his involvement in the Ethereum security audits from day one, that he was part of the team he, that, that did the initial audits, he realized the issues with Ethereum. 
the fact that they're they're planning to to, to work what they can do to scale Bitcoin without a token. Yeah. Without a separate token that they're doing a without sale Without a token. With. They're not getting any crazy and Diego, I got so money. much respect for Diego as a person, as a business person, just as a, as a human being. He spent He's, his own money building the Argentinian Bitcoin community. He just is phenomenal. Yeah, well, him and Rodolfo, the two guys that, that, yeah, that did those that. Guys are great. But just the team is the most important thing in, our sp in the space. And I just have a lot of respect for those guys. Even though there's no token that you can purchase, I'm going to be investing in the company Bitcoin. itself. But it's so all to support Bitcoin. You guys are obviously very hyped and bullish for Rootstock, but um, I don't think that they can actually come to be without a proper two-way peg, right? So they're waiting on activation of SegWit or some other transaction model. Well, from my solution. understanding, Wait, it doesn't no, no, need it. No, from Does my understanding, there's a separate, there's a separate uh, change that is needed, but they've got the full support to do that change. I believe what change. you said too. Yeah, no, oh, no, well, no, 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 no. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, no, no. What you're saying is. Their change was packaged in with Segway. They don't kind of need like Segway. They don't okay, need yeah, Segway yeah. from my country. We like footnote right. things in. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an omnibus no, bill. My understanding, yeah. it's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. my understanding, it's separate and not contentious. Yeah. yeah. So, so well, yeah. Do, do you think that that will be made into its own update regardless of what I'm happens with sure. Segway? I'm not sure. I can't go into the technicalities of that. Well, I suggest getting – you guys should, should have a talk with Diego and have a talk with Sergio. Get him on your you show. You can email oh. Anthony or myself and we'll put you in touch with them. Great. Yeah, Thank you very much. We appreciate that. You know, you look at that. Will it become an update? It's up. Those guys got to, you know, have a test net, and they got. So I think that they're actually planning on launching in, in the next year, within the next year, like the, the actual product. Because we we took our token Main Street and we tested it on Rootstock and RSK, and we're one hundred percent. That's another thing. Is the compatibility is amazing between them. Uh, is great. I'd love to move our token. I mean, I that's pretty, that's just so now, much. One of the wrong. founders but of I'm Ethereum. A, I'm a Bitcoin likes Rootstock guy. So, much. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to. That speaks so much to Rootstock. No, I, I like the space, and it's not about one particular other. I think it's, too, yeah. it's it, there's too much division in our space. I think there needs to be a lot more middle ground and a lot more. It's if you're not this, it's then you're that. Mentality oh, has to disappear. I yeah. agree. I think it's I horrible. Uh, I'd, I'd like to ask uh, Charlie a question. So when you're looking at all the different ways you could uh, launch your token, did you did you take a look at Counterparty? We did, and I actually called Chris. Oh yeah. Like four times. And sure. I said, Chris, tell me why I shouldn't do this on Ethereum. Okay. Like this is what I need to do. Can Counterparty do it? And he was honest, and he said, like, basically, your best bet, like, don't do it because it's scammy, but it has nothing to do with the token. He said, you know, that's typical Chris, but he said that he understood that for the, for the distribution contracts, for the token contracts, and for the crowd crowdfunding contracts, Counterparty wasn't robust enough to actually make that happen. And Ethereum was the best that we had. Also, every, mo many other tokens are built on Ethereum right now, and so we, we, we were comfortable enough. However... When Rootstock does launch, and uh, uh, it's, you got to have plans you gotta for have plan. backup, have double backup. Ethereum, something could happen. I'm not going to jump, tomorrow. you know. But I'm always going to have as a backup. Because, you know, well, you can have to. I mean, yeah. Uh, well, I, just I want to talk about Paul's drive chain. Have y'all looked yeah. into that? Uh, no, what is that? Okay, <laughs> you want to explain it? Or? So you know, Paul Schwartz. You familiar with Paul Schwartz? Yeah, smart guy. He's a very smart guy. Isn't he? Uh, no, he works for Block. He works for Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. He works for Jeff Garson. So yeah, um, so his his two big major contributions of late have been uh, Hivemind and Drive Chain Technology, yeah. and of which Hivemind is one. So Hivemind is a. Uh, like a, it's like, it's a, like it's an a prediction auger. market, like an auger. In the, in the auger project but it's before. an it's an auger side chain. So for Bitcoin, basically. Oh, they're already side chaining auger. 
So oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Paul's big thing. Um, and and <laughs> so there's that. And and in the implementation, he wrote his own sidechain implementation. He's very talented. Uh, based on 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 you know the the need for it. He said, okay, well I've worked so hard on Hivemind and it's it's gotten this far, but uh, the the uh, sidechain implementations aren't as far along as the thing I want to implement. So he switched gears and started working on that. And that's what came to be his thesis for drive chains and yeah, I can't talk to too much them. about that huh I can't talk too much about that I'm yeah. not too not, not too familiar it, with it, it it's yeah. very interesting I can't pretend that I know much about well, it well I mean I, 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 need I like to, the guy but I don't know much too much well about we, we had him on we interviewed him a little bit and we learned quite a bit he has I mean, a lot to talk about yeah he does I just <laughs> love our community yeah it's great. It's yeah. good and bad. Very diverse. <laughs> what's what's, what's the bad what, part? What I like about our community what's the bad part is what? that, unlike other communities, we hate on each other based on our like point of views on like Bitcoin Unlimited or Segwit or Scam Points or whatever. But color of our skin, race, gender, things like that, we don't care about. And I love that. I yeah. Uh, uh, so I I I. I yeah, what's I just think. Hold on, he ahead. wants to ask me a question. I know, but he can do it after. Yeah. No, go ahead. I yeah. was just thinking that there's again too much division. There's too many hard lines here. We got to compromise. Well, and you I have mean, it's, to. You it's have because to, it's money. We're, we're, yeah, no, we, but we're we such, I know, but we're such a new together. space. There's plenty of room for everybody. And it's and it's it's it's. But it seems to be But it seems to be where where this where the where the states is going. It's going to this this mentality of. Oh, you don't agree with that? Well, then you obviously agree with that. And that's not <laughs> the case either. I can like Ethereum, Bitcoin, because I think they, they, they have value. Have you met Crystal Rose? I have. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> uh, I, I Actually, I'm actually, we, we get on really long. Well, actually. No, but what I'm saying we is... We get on really well, because we, we have a good yeah. rapport, I think. What are you going to ask? So, he doesn't well, want to have me on his show for some reason. So I, I, noticed, yeah. I noticed that uh, uh, a while back, you, you sent out actually kind of a judo tweet. Uh, uh, regarding uh, the block size scaling. Uh, yeah, you saw that. Yeah, yeah, right? I saw, oh, yeah, I that saw was, that. I did that on purpose. Yeah, yeah. I sent out this tweet, and it wasn't Segway, it wasn't Bitcoin Unlimited. It was very vague, but it was oh, like, yeah. we need like bigger blocks. That's how you get attacked from both sides. No, I got yeah, attacked from like the Segway sides only. Oh, really? Yeah, it was weird. Well, what the, the other saying? side, the other side just thinks we think that we need bigger blocks they don't they yeah. don't say we don't want segwit we don't want that yeah. entire thing it's just we need this too so what do, you know so what do you guys think i mean personally i i'm 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 for bigger blocks i, okay. I think we so need to scale so you, you're same thing personally so i what i want to do is i want to make so this is my idea i want to make a website with a couple slider bars that say okay this is how many people you think should use a block the blockchain that you're considering this is how many uh, transactions you think people should be able to do a day on average, you know, or 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 a year on average. And that's even with lightning. Yeah, even with lightning place. because you only get like a couple settlement See, transactions. Lightning is weird. I'll tell you why lightning is weird. Anyways, and I could be wrong. I probably am wrong. But as far as I understand, <laughs> lightning, if everyone, if lightning is so heavily used, and we still have a one megabyte block size, if everyone is trying to settle on lightning at the same time. It's going to have the same size. Oh, yeah. Size so I have today, well, right? So, Am I so, right? Fees go through the roof. Uh, yeah, it's well, the same issue. Well, hold on. So, so, so the math that I've done. And more people try to settle. So, so the, the math that I've done is if you give someone on average, a, a, granted, it's going to have a long tail with a couple of people yes, doing a lot yes, of transactions. Yes, yes. 
Uh, if you give someone on average two transactions per year to settle out of the, you know in and out of the Lightning Network, you're looking at about eight gigabyte blocks for a billion people. Oh. Okay, so I mean, you really have to consider like if Bitcoin what, what is being used by eight by eight billion, no, people, one billion, one by one billion people. Yeah, we're looking like a million dollar Bitcoin price, yeah. and we're living on islands and yachts. <laughs> the, way, the way that I look about that whole debate is, I don't feel I can impact it too much right now, and I'm gonna. I'm going to allow, hopefully, like, to me, that's a full-time job to take one side or the other and yeah. then try to You're doing what we should be doing. I, I just, I, I don't think I can I can be involved there. You know, I'm going to look at different chains, and I'm just going to, I'm going to try to support the whole ecosystem with, with good wallets, good user experience that are built for masses, stuff that my dad can use to get into the technology, and then people are going to figure out which chains they want to use as long stuff. Can, and that's can we the talk, real work. Can we, you know what Balaji <laughs> said? Balaji said, get off Twitter and start building something. Build it. Execute. Uh, can, can we talk about the Jax wallet? Sure. Okay. Uh, can, uh, tell us what, what made you uh, go towards it and what's your future plans with it? Sure. So I've been, been developing wallets since 2013 when we did the first Chrome extension. So we, we, we were the first to have a Chrome extension Bitcoin wallet. Why Chrome extension? Because it's always there and you can interact with websites. Mm -hmm. You can automatically populate addresses, you can pull the amounts, and you can do one-click payments. I mean, we, we were uh, used in many videos for, for BitPay when it's very easy. You get an invoice from BitPay, open up your extension, no passwords, usernames, no login credentials needed, and one-click payments. Drop that because of the Ethereum focus uh, for, for about a year. And then picked it back up. We created Rush Wallet, an HTML5 Bitcoin wallet that you can use on any device. Again, you're always in full control of your keys. Great user experience. Very simple. Removing friction points. No logins, no usernames, things like that. And then after leaving Ethereum, it was realizing that there's multi-chain. There's, I mean, Ethereum opened my eyes to things beyond Bitcoin. And then realizing other projects coming about, and there's a need for a similar user experience that's compatible across all devices. Being an ATM operator, I got to see a lot of new users say, what wallet do I download? And so it's you, like, you operate ATMs as well? Yeah, I, I have one ATM. Oh. <laughs> we just had a BTM panel last week. Well, yeah. it's, it's we, very, we, we, I got a very active BTM, but I realized that BTMs are not, are not scalable. So I've got another system coming into play, but uh, okay. we'll wrap it up in a second. You, you know. So multi uh, realize that what is what a need is a multi blockchain multi device similar user experience that the masses can get in without having to ask you which phone are you using yeah uh, mycelium is great on Android but the iPhone experience is no good but they don't have a desktop version they don't all of these questions you have to ask someone about which wallet should I get so we said let's we want to create the wallet the no matter what platform you're on no matter what blockchain you're dealing with you can download Jax. Yeah, that's so, basically the, so the question. Point. I know. I know you were trying to. Uh, you were trying to actually integrate Monero. Monero, yeah. And that turned out to be a little more challenging than yeah. was anticipated. Do you think you're going to revisit that anytime soon? I'd hope so, but I think I'd let someone else solve the problem first before we revisit. Our concerns with Monero are twofold. A. The further you get along the privacy, trying to improve privacy, the, the harder it is for someone like me to provide the necessities for a wallet balances, transaction histories. We can't do that in a way that is normal to because every coin we add has to be compatible with all the other coins. A 12-word seed derives the keys for everything in your wallet. And if we can't get the basic things we need for a wallet, we can't provide the service. So the recent changes to the Monero protocol, the, the Ring CT changes 
basically made our whole system that we had developed for many months obsolete. And it also affected uh, my Monero, the other wallet that Fluffy Pony runs. So that was our concern that changes to the protocol will make what we've done obsolete. And we can't develop for a multi-chain thinking that we got to spend so much resources on one chain yeah. where that could be a problem for us. So unfortunately, I, like, I think Monero's great. I don't think the tools are going to be there for the ecosystem to grow. There's no tools for developers to really use to really allow that ecosystem to flourish. Cool. Well, thank you guys very much. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you. We enjoyed it. Any, any, it. Uh, Charlie, any closing remarks that uh, you'd like to say? Or? Just keep on doing do, macro, you coin. macro coin. Uh, macro coin. Uh, you want to give a shout out to how people can find more about you? Uh, yeah. And Main Street as well. Main Street, of course. Yeah. Twitter.com forward slash Charlie Shrem. CharlieShrem.com. If you're listening and you're non American, you can go to www.mainstreet.com. Dot KY, or just click the links on my Twitter. And, uh, it's ironic and that only non-Americans can invest in an American company. That's just weird. We're literally selling Michigan's industry. As, 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 Chris was, as, as Chris was saying, it's a scam. He can say whatever he wants. <laughs> it's going uh, a scam. Hey, that carpenter's a scam. Uh, Anthony, how can people find more information uh, about you? Anthony at decentral.ca. My Twitter is uh, Diorio Anthony. D-I-I-O-R-I-O. Anthony. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, guys uh, thank you all so much. much for being uh, on Block Time. Thanks, guys.